0: All we can be sure of is this. Zach Barry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed.
2: I love a good train wreck.
3: Hey, hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Barry, joining me, Grayson Weir. We have not left you in the wake of summer. We are back. It's been a minute. Apologies is on me. It is not on Grayson. Grayson has been clamoring to do another show. My schedule got super busy. We recorded one last week. Full disclosure, I mentioned it on the board. We were supposed to talk to Mike Espy. And then as soon as we were going to do the episode, Mike Espy's schedule got super, super busy. Mine got super busy. A lot of moving parts. We ended up not being able to connect and and record an actual podcast. I think we will do one in the future. I know um, he said he was super excited to come on, talk recruiting, talk about guys that he works out with in in Mississippi, but um, then's the breaks. But Grayson, good afternoon. How are we doing?
2: We're doing well. It's good to be back. It's been a couple couple, uh, of crazy schedule the last few weeks, but that's okay. It's been slow. It's been quiet, but football is officially back. I will be watching two teams. Like not only do we have training camp and and fall camp getting underway for the collegiate level, but I will be watching two actual professional football teams line up on a gridiron tonight. So we are here. We have made it. All everything is, you know, gravy. We're 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 living well. It is that time of year where we can we can finally say that football is officially back. And God, that's a great feeling.
3: Yeah. Um, it does feel weird just because it seems like it's too early, but, um, I also have not gotten the bug or have not realized that it's back, uh, as this will be the first time in a decade that I will not be officiating high school football. I have, I've hung it up. The stripes are, are in the closet down here in the basement. They're, uh, they're no more. Um, so I had a good run. Um, Obviously, with recruiting picking up, and uh, this no longer being a side hustle, this is the full time gig now. This is uh, this is what we do for a living. Uh, we'll be hitting the road on Fridays and going out and seeing some some commits, some targets, doing some uh, shooting, some video, doing some interviews, all that good stuff. So, obviously, hard to do that when I am uh, out there officiating. So, um, all right. Grayson, we got to do it. Before we get into Juice Fest 22 and the rousing success that it was, we have to discuss this tweet that I sent you last night. Um, I was, I don't want to say shook. I I was more just disappointed. You know, I wasn't angry. I was disappointed. Um, Will Compton. um, Honestly, I'm not even sure. I mean, what? So he uh, co-hosts "Bustin' with Bustin' with the Boys." Excuse me, as I burp. Um, he's not playing in the NFL anymore, correct?
2: He is not. No, he, he has not been picked up this year. Although he okay. is a seems like an indefinite free agent.
3: <laughs> yeah, no one is going to pick him up now for sure because of the <laughs> sandwich chain rankings that he put out in a tweet. Um, it says with Rob Tunyon Jr. And then another guy named Jack. Uh, so they had three tiers. Um, I thought all three knocked it out of the park. Tier one, you had two for Potbelly, one for Jersey Mike's. Um, Jersey Mike's is is absolutely outstanding top to bottom. I mean, you can run through just about every sandwich on the on the menu there, and you're going to be more than happy. Potbelly. I don't know if a lot of people know about potbelly. The first time I actually had it was when I lived in Chicago. I'd never had it before. Jim. I compared it last night to, like, let's okay, let's say like Quiznos is like Barry Bonds when he was with the Pirates, like, you know, very versatile five-tool guy, and then potbelly is like steroid era Barry Bonds to me. Like, That's it, a good way of putting it. I it like that is, analogy. All gas, no breaks. They do their own their own uh jardinier in-house. It's fresh. Um, also the milkshakes are outstanding. I don't get them a lot, but the milkshakes are very good. Um, I, I think the Wreck is like their their number one sandwich. Like that's the one that's the most popular. I think it's the top five sandwich across the board. It's it's phenomenal. Um, this is where it gets dicey though, Grayson. Rob put Jersey Mike's two, so he had potbelly one. Cool there. Will Compton, though, puts Subway as a tier two sandwich chain. I have. I, I don't know if we have enough time on the show to talk about all the issues that I have with this. Um, keep in mind, as we record this, it's August 4th. It's a Thursday. It's the year 2022. This is not 1999 or 2000. Like, this is. 2022. I I would. I'm interested for the listeners to chime in here and let me know if I'm off base here. I think Subway is just complete utter garbage.
2: I I don't know if I don't know if I would say complete utter garbage, but I would say complete utter garbage adjacent at the very least. I mean, I I've had. Don't get me wrong. I've had a good Subway sandwich in my day, but when? I would say. When uh, did you have no, a good the nostalgia day? of like being an eight-year-old kid or whatever coming home from football practice? Yeah, yeah, what year was that? Oh, God, I don't even
3: know how old I am these days. Uh, like early
2: I mean, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I mean,
3: yeah, like middle school. Zach would go hit up the blockbuster. I'd get a movie. I'd get a video game. I'd go two doors down to the subway. I'd get a foot-long turkey, lettuce, cheese, mustard on white and go home and that was like living the dream but that, that was, was in middle school ago. yeah it was been, in middle school
2: it's been a long time since subway was a top tier sandwich I mean, I mean that's two
3: two decades ago i mean and, it's well, and the, this is the and this is the crazy thing i don't know how they do it i don't know where the money comes from but they have like all of the marquee athletes doing commercials for them.
2: That's exactly what I was about to say. Like, it's, it's it blows mind blowing
3: that Subway continues to get. I mean, I guess it's
2: just because it's the name and it's been around uh, for so long or whatever. But I guess it, but... from they went from Jared to like the world's best athletes. So they've got enough money, they're doing just fine. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know how because I <sighs> actually, there's a, there's a Subway down the street. And for those of you who are listening at home wondering why we're talking about sandwiches, if you haven't been with us, with us from the beginning, uh, Zach and I are, are, we frequently discuss food rankings. So this is not off brand. Yeah. Um, I mean, we
3: did it, we did an entire bracket on it during the pandemic. Yeah, you know.
2: we sure did. But I, um, yeah, there's a subway down the street from me, and I i went last week because I was in a jam and I needed something to eat and <laughs> I hadn't had it in a while. And I walked in there and like the cucumbers were like wilted and soggy. I, I didn't even get through my sandwich. I like t- walked up to the counter, I, looked uh, at it, and I saw all the old chopped up, um, uh, you know, vegetables, and I was disappointed, and I left, so the fact that this is number two yeah. here for Compton is, is, uh, egregious, to say. Yeah,
3: I, and I know some folks that worked at Subway in high school, and just the stories, I, it just, I can't bring myself to do it anymore. Um, Jack, though, reels it in, tier two, he put Publix, which is phenomenal, phenomenal pick. The best. Um, the chicken tender sub is, is, is undefeated. Uh, tier three, uh, and I promise we're going to get to recruiting. This is this is the final one. Uh, Penn Station, Penn Station's a good a good sandwich chain. Anyways, I it's very East I, Coast. I have frequented Penn Station a couple times. There's one out in in West Nashville. I, I dig it. Um, Will redeemed himself a little bit here. Jimmy John's in the third tier. Now the owner is a, is a scumbag, but good sandwiches. Um, and then Jack Witch Witch, love Witch Witch. Yeah, I can get behind which which
2: a couple that I, because I, I, I you sent this to me last night and I actually spent a lot of my morning thinking about this because <laughs> that's that's what I do. I think about food. Um, Aubon Pain is one that that most people would not consider, and then my other sleeper that I had was a uh, Pre de Manger, de Manger, de Manger, whatever that okay, I, yeah, the yeah. proper pronunciation is. Um, very good, very good. So very good. Good. so. so the founded in London
3: the, in the 80s. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, um, it, I'll throw out a couple here. Um, I feel like they're dying off. There was one in Oxford. I was told this morning that it has since closed. Um, now, when I was in Oxford, it was years ago. But uh, Lenny's. I think Lenny's has oh, that's bold. probably the best chicken Philly. They do their pepper relish in-house. Um. Man, that's a good that's a good sandwich. Um I throw them out. I I, I think Firehouse is 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 outstanding. Yeah. I, I like I, I like
2: Firehouse, like their warm subs are really good.
3: Yeah, I, I really like the steam. Um they do a nice job to where they steam it enough to where it's just enough it doesn't get soggy. Because I, I remember the concept and I was like, there's no way that's gonna work. Like it's just gonna get nasty, but I, I I like it. Um, if I gotta throw another one out there, and maybe this is just the dad in me coming out, I think Panera Bread has some really good sandwiches. I
2: I don't I don't hate that take. I know there's a lot of people out there that give Panera Bread a lot of grief, and I know there's a lot of TikToks that are like that show the behind the scenes of of Panera. But I, I'm actually with you on this. I think Panera is pretty good. I mean, I I get it. It's usually my like go to uh like road trip food if if there's a if there's a panera and I'm on the road that's where I'm stopping
3: i mean it's it's classic it's hard to beat a half sandwich half salad combo
2: 100% or if it's and cold you get a, a get a, get, a, get,
3: a, get a soup with it so all right enough sandwich talk I, that just really got me going last night um i just couldn't believe that someone's going to stand for subway um but that's Look, we're going to take our first break here. We're going to jump into the recruiting. For those of you that probably hit the fast forward button, sorry, but we had to get that off our chest. All right, quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk Juice Fest 22 and the commits that were added to the 2023 class. So hang tight. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor, outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non barbecue options from Tex Mex to Mississippi Delta Catfish to Smash Burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than Soul in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you 6 days a week. Whether it's happy hour 3 to 6, fresh-squeezed margaritas, ramen, 2 for 1 Moscow mules, all of that and more the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup check them out solahoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today show also brought to you by memphis restaurateur kelly english and his restaurant group in memphis tennessee the renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with cooking with kelly you can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and of the wide plush a fairways and large championship to greens they've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick the driving range and a chipping green to tighten up that short game book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444 And we are back here on Not Committed. Zach Berry, Grayson, we're with you. All right, we're off sandwich talk. Let's get into Juice Fest 22. It was, about, I mean, honestly, it went about as well as they could have hoped. Maybe a couple more commitments popping off, but um seems like everyone showed. Uh, I know that Marcel Reed and Bryson Sanders both were not able to attend because they had scrimmages that weekend. So they were not able to make it to Oxford, but. Obviously, very clear, no concern there. Both are recruiting extremely hard for this class and trying to get guys to join them. Um, But yeah, everything got going Friday evening. Jamarius Brown committed to Ole Miss. um, The big defensive lineman out of Moss Point, Mississippi. Uh, I put my prediction in for him to join the class a couple weeks ago. feels like um, it, it was kind of funny how things unfolded. Uh, I was talking to a, a source back and forth all week. They weren't sure if he was going to make it or not. Um, at first, they thought that he was going to be able to make it for Juice Fest, and then he chose to take an unofficial visit to Texas. So he went to Austin, hung out there, came back to Mississippi, and then committed to Ole Miss. So um, 6'3", 270-pounder, on-three-consensus, four-star. Um, a phenomenal athlete. I know that I've talked to people that are – in the state of Mississippi or have scouted the state of Mississippi. They love his game. They think that he could easily be kind of a hybrid dual threat guy on, the, on the, you know, in, in, on the interior. He can play. He's big enough to play on the inside. He's also athletic and quick enough to play on the edge a little bit. Maybe uh, give you a, a different look there, even though he's sitting at 207 pounds right now. Um, but a, a huge get for Ole Miss. Randall Joyner just continues to do a phenomenal job. Recruiting up front, Um, I mean, the guy had a who's who list of of offers from Auburn, Alabama, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Arizona State, Nebraska, Mississippi State, Florida State. Um, I mean, just a, a huge get to kick things off for the weekend.
2: I'm confused because I thought Lane Kiffin wasn't recruiting the state of Mississippi. That's what I was told. And what everyone keeps telling me is, oh, Lane Kiffin doesn't care about Mississippi. Oh, why isn't Lane Kiffin looking in state? He is. He's looking in state. He's going after the athletes that make sense for Ole Miss to bring in, that make sense and fit the roster, who are very good and have that NFL frame, size, athleticism, all of the things that Lane Kiffin looks for does not matter where you are from. It does not mean he's not recruiting the state of Mississippi. It does not mean he is like only recruiting every other state. Like everybody needs to relax. And this is the perfect example because jamarius is just an unbelievable athlete. I mean, I, I, I think it's one, it's refreshing that there is an emphasis being put on the defensive line. I think you and I have said this at nauseum, um, that's a position that almost hasn't really recruited since, I don't know, even as far back as Kimnici or um, I mean, there's been a couple guys since Kimdichi, but there has not been a significant emphasis on the defensive line. There is this year, based off of a couple of the recruits. We'll get to, to the other big one in a second, but Jamarius is awesome. I mean, he's ridiculously you're you're looking at six three, two fifty. I would imagine that he shows up on campus closer to 6'2, 260. You get him in shape, maybe get him playing around 245. Um just incredible foot speed for a guy of his size. And what I think is interesting with, with Jamarius is his and and again I'm a big proponent of versatility, um, especially in a 335 defense. I I again talked about it at nauseum on this podcast. But Jamarius, while technically recruited as an edge rusher in a 335 defense you could go so far as to move him to either side as the edge rusher one so that he's not limited to the left or the right side he can move around he can shift whatever you could even like kind of move him back to more of a linebacker spot so it's kind of a, a two four five or whatever if you will and then you can also move him inside if you're really just trying to get after the quarterback uh, not necessarily the case with most edge rushers where you can put them in the middle and you can have them go toe to toe with the center and the guard or a double team or whatever. If a guard's punching down and then go to the linebacker, there's a a lot of edge rushers who can do that, who can handle that. A guy like Jamari Brown could, um, he doesn't mm-hmm. do it often on the tape. It's not really there, but there are a couple instances where they moved him inside and you can do that in an Ole Miss defense, like a three, three, five, you can move him inside. You can have three legitimate quick pass rushers on that line of scrimmage, and Jamarius Brown is—he's awesome. I mean, I I think this is going to be one of the most important impact impact recruits uh, in this class that people won't really get all that excited about. Or you know, it's a four star, so it's exciting. Whatever he's from Mississippi, that's exciting especially for the folks who keep clamoring about link Griffin, ignoring the state, but all of that is great, but there's going to be some other guys in this class that are bigger names um, and that get more attention that maybe have more of a spotlight on them. That doesn't mean Jamarius Brown isn't deserving of that because he is, and he's going to come into Oxford and he's going to prove that. I think of of this class so far, um, he has the highest ceiling. I won't say that, you know, his floor is as high as some of the other guys, but if Jamarius Brown can develop into the player that Lane Kiffin and the staff, Randall Joyner and the staff in Oxford, um, think he can become, he could be a legitimate two, three, probably not a four-year starter. He probably doesn't get on campus next year and make an immediate impact, but he'll rotate in there. Um. You know he'll be a legitimate I think, two, or two or three year starter.
3: Yeah, I think that's not an indictment on him. It's just a testament to the depth that they've kind of right. quietly built on the on the front seven. Um, and also, you talk about recruiting Mississippi. It's it's an area that Ole Miss typically doesn't recruit well. Now they did sign his former high school teammate Larry Simmons in last year's class, but Moss Point is a little farther south. It's typically a Mississippi State town. I think a lot of people in the recruiting industry thought that he would lean Mississippi state, but again, phenomenal job by Randall Joyner and the director of recruiting strategy, Kelvin Bolden, who has just been a immediate spark plug since he was hired in recruiting, not only the state of Mississippi, but everywhere. Um, His, his, you know, director of recruiting strategy. I mean, everything revolves around, you know, his plan and he develops the, direction they want to go with this and how they've been so thorough and they're really being picky with who they want I think Ole Miss would have more than I think they're up to nine are they nine right now I think they're nine I think so um they're 26 in the country right now they're their top 20 in average star rating I think they're 18th right now unless there's been some fluctuation in the past couple of days um but I, I think this is an excellent get he's 34th in the country at his position per the on three consensus. Now on three, the, what the site as a whole holds him in much higher regard, as I wrote in the spirits take piece that I did on his commitment. He's the 102nd overall prospect in the class and the 15th ranked defensive lineman in America. Um, Also a guy, we talk about the athleticism and the versatility, played some offense in high school ran the ball 15 times for 83 yards and seven touchdowns. So a guy that's athletic enough, um, to slam it in for a touchdown on the goal line. But yeah, I mean, I I think this is a guy that's, that's probably going to need a year to acclimate to power five football, but he's gifted enough. The skill sets there, the athleticism, and he's already got a pretty decent frame on him. So big get to start things off on Friday, Saturday comes and goes, they have the camp, um, and then uh, got things going again on Sunday with the commitment from another on three consensus four-star, Neo Avery, the uh, jumbo athlete out of Maryland, and Glenn Burney, at good counsel. Phenomenal high school program there. Six, four and a half, 225. Plays quarterback at good counsel and then also plays defense. He's being recruited as an edge rusher. Uh, I mean, what can you say, Uh Randall Joyner strikes again, Chris Partridge, um, Maurice Crum, the whole defensive staff really did a number here. Um, beat out Oregon, beat out Kentucky, beat out Maryland. He was committed to Penn state at one point has offers from again, household names, Georgia, South Carolina, Notre Dame, Ohio state, LSU, Florida, Cincinnati, Michigan, Auburn. I mean, who's who again, and they were able to get him, um, again just a great job. A really, really impressive athlete. I mean, he's a guy that you would probably um I, I don't know if it was you. I, I did have a friend that joked that we're like, man, if Rich Rod were still on staff, he'd be licking his chops. Um <laughs> because uh you, you watch him play offense in high school and I mean he is he is toting it. Um I I would not want to tackle six, four and a half, two twenty five if I was in high school. Um but I, just a another guy, um, I know people around the staff and national analysts told me just a, a phenomenal kid, uh, smart in the classroom, um, really impressive um, to be around him in person. Seems like a, a bubbly personality guy that's going to be fun to have in the locker room and then uh, a, a great athlete to boot. Um, so that was the – I mean, Jamarius Brown was big. They're all big, but, I mean – Neil Avery was a big one. Uh, they keep that Northeast pipeline going.
2: Yeah. I think Neil Avery is not just a big one. I think it is he is the biggest one. I said, Jamarius Brown has the highest ceiling. I think Neil Avery has the highest floor. Um, <clears throat> I mean, like you said, he's got the intangibles in terms of frame, uh, really, really, really athletic dude. Just like, I when I the way I described you Avery to someone in a, in a group chat last week when I when they asked me you know how I feel about him I said when you're playing NCAA fourteen or you know earlier if you're one of the old school guys picking up the the old games but if you're playing NCAA football game on Xbox PlayStation whatever and you're building a recruiting class I, I I've recently decided I'm not gonna create recruits anymore but when you go to create a recruit and you create a defensive end, you're basically building yourself Neo Avery. I mean, he's got the frame, he's got the size. I believe his wingspan's like 78, 79, 80 so it's inches. say so
3: it's close to 80.
2: Yeah, which is just ridiculous. I mean, and, and now you might be laugh and say, oh, what does wingspan really have to do? Wingspan as an edge rusher is like a absolutely crucial component. Um, it's obviously not a make or break thing, but if you have a 78, 80-inch wingspan it helps not only that, but I believe alter, four, alter six. passing,
3: alter passing lanes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Reaching crucial. for sacks, tackles for loss. Yeah. It's huge.
2: And then once he does, you know, infiltrate those, those passing lanes, I mean, he's going to get to the quarterback real quick at uh, four, six, I believe is the number um, I could probably pull it up, but I, I, we'll just go with four, six. Um 4640 at 65245 yeah. 230 225 pretty good. pretty good. Um pretty good. So he's got the speed to chase, you know, plays down. Um, got really, really good. I, th- I think the word I would use here is closing speed. Um, that's gonna be insane, stupid physical, ridiculous reach, like just just the perfect defensive end. Um, and then on top of that. Going into Maryland and getting a guy out of Maryland is a big deal. I, you might scoff at it a little bit and say, oh, you know, Lane Tiffin is recruiting nationwide. But going into Maryland and getting someone to come to Mississippi, I mean, I, I can speak from experience. Um, Maryland is obviously not the same as Connecticut, but going from a place like Maryland or Connecticut or the coastal kind of northern northeast area states, um, going to Mississippi is is a very big adjustment. It is. It's a completely different life. Obviously the best decision I ever made, but it's different. It is not the same as Maryland. It is not the same as Connecticut. Like they are completely different places. So for yeah. Ole Miss to go in and get a guy who, yes, he had offers throughout the SEC, but to get him, you know, out of Maryland over Penn state, which is a fairly, I mean, obviously maryland and pennsylvania aren't the same state but they have it would have been an easy transition it would have been an easy adjustment it would have been yeah you know, relatively the same same goes for like and, georgia and say, where it's just down the road
3: yeah I, and look say what you want about james franklin but he's he's a good football coach and he recruits extremely well for penn state yeah so
2: so so getting Neo avery not only is it great in terms of just how freakish of an athlete he is but to go get someone from Maryland and bring them to Mississippi is a pretty big deal because that's a big adjustment when he could have played it safe and gone to even a Kentucky is closer to like Lexington is closer to to life in Maryland than Oxford and Mississippi is. So it's a big get all the way across the board.
3: Yeah. And he mentioned it in his commitment video about the staff and the, Yep. consistent recruiting and the consistent approach and, and how they made him feel welcome and made him feel at home. And I know that's cliche in recruiting where people say, you know, Oh, what's home or, Oh, the co- it just felt like family. But I mean, for a guy moving that far away from home, it's a big deal. And it's a big deal. You, you got to tip your cap to the staff. They, they were extremely, extremely consistent with their approach and, and how they went about recruiting him. And, and look also it's sometimes it's hard for guys that are athletes and play both ways, being able to convince him, Hey, we want you to play edge. Now, maybe I haven't, I haven't spoken to you. Maybe he knows good and well that he's not a quarterback or he's not an offensive guy, (laughs) but I still think that highly ranked prospects think that they can do anything. So maybe that was never an issue, but still getting a guy like that to join your class, as an edge rusher, a position that has really been a struggle for Ole Miss, not just like Kiffin and not just every staff that has been in Ole Miss. It's hard to find those guys. And look, that's the way the game is evolving. Now you look at, I mean, people say he's top to bottom, pound for pound, the best player in college football, Will Anderson in Alabama, he's an edge rusher. Like those are the guys that you have to have for your defense to go from being good to great yep. and getting someone like Neil Avery was huge. Well, said. um, all right, um, we'll briefly talk about him here. I said this in our pre-show, and I'm just being completely honest here. I don't know a lot about Xavier Miller, aside from the fact that I've seen, never seen him in person. I've seen pictures, and i talked to some people that are from Memphis. He played at Wooddale High School in Memphis. Shout out to the Cardinals. Um, he is just an absolute monster of a human. 6'6", 320 pounds, just a fucking Coke machine with arms and legs. I mean, just humongous um, plays at Southwest Mississippi community college. Now not really sought after at a high school had some, you know, D two um, offers here and there decided to go the juco route to try to up his stock and to get better. Went to play in Mississippi, which is arguably the best junior college division in the country. Quickly started to add some offers, Memphis, South Florida, um, I believe Jackson State as well. Uh, Jake Thornton found him, brought him in in June, met the family, brought him back for Juice Fest, committed on the spot, basically. Um, just another massive human to put up there on that offensive line. They're going to have to replace a lot of guys in the next couple of years. And look, that's a that's a frame that you can work with just right off the bat.
2: For sure. And this might surprise some people, but I also don't know all that much about him other than the fact that he's huge. I've watched his huddle. uh, And, and I guess the way, I I mean, it's so cliche, but a men among boys, when you are a guy that isn't as like super highly recruited out of high school and you get to the Juco level, there is typically some sort of like, leveling of the playing field i guess in terms of size and who you're lining up against like some of these guys in high school obviously you get a couple freaks here and there that are just massive guys and and freak frames etc but then at the same time like you've also still got these high school football players who Mm -hmm. are not particularly big and then once you get to the juco level that evens out a little bit where everyone's pretty much the same size not the case here miller stands as Avian stands just far and away bigger than everybody on the field, on the Juco level. And for Jake Thornton to go in there and find him and seek him out. Um, obviously he likes the frame, but you're not just recruiting guys for their frame. You're, you're not, yeah. that's that, that, that is something that used to be the case. You know, they offensive linemen used to just be recruited because they were huge. And then you hope to develop them in college. Nowadays, that's not you know this that's not the case anymore, where you're not just recruiting guys because they're big. They have to also back that up. And what i what I saw with Isabian is, um I think his biggest asset was just a really strong base. And I think that's super important, um, obviously, as an offensive lineman to be able to just lock dudes up. Um, he's not going to be right into the mix right away. He might not ever even see the starting lineup. You know, I, we don't really know. But mm-hmm. if we're talking about ceiling and floor, he um, has a lot of upside because obviously you can mold that frame into what you want it to be. But then on top of that, he's got some some pretty impressive uh, strength to him, and, and
3: yeah, uh, I
2: it could be really good down the road.
3: I think he's listed as a tackle. I think he might slide in to the interior. Um, To me, just watching some brief huddle tape, he's he's a big Jeremy Gray guy to me. Hmm. Shout out to Wedding Crashers, you know, get on in here, let the big bear get his paws on you. Um, Because once he once he puts the clamps on, it's it's over. Yep. I mean, he is just good point. It's just physics at that point taking over. Um, I think he could really develop into a road grader on the interior playing guard. We know Lane Kiffin, his background with, with the power run game, he likes to run the football, and you put him in there next to a center, uh, he's going to wipe out some three techniques with ease because he's just with a monster. Um, so, yeah, a big sneaky get there. I, I don't know how sneaky you can be at six six three twenty, but <laughs> a good get there for Jake Thornton. Um, after missing out on Wilkin B. that was a big loss. So, um, obviously not – the level, not the ranking of a Wilkin Formby, but a humongous human to add into the 2023 class. All right, last one we're getting to before we talk about some targets that are out there. Javante Connor, the tight end out of Kernersville, North Carolina, originally from Opelika in Alabama, moved out to North Carolina for a senior season. Look, on three consensus, three star, but again, the theme of this show are the offer sheets and how loud they are. This is a guy... Six four two thirty 230 offers from UCF, Duke, South Carolina, Virginia Tech, NC State, Miami, Oregon, Louisville, a and Florida State, Cincinnati, Missouri, Maryland, Vandy, Oklahoma State. I mean, tons and tons of Power 5 offers out there for the guy that is just your prototypical tight end that Link Giffen wants. A guy with some length and some wiggle to him. He can get out there. He can split out wide. He's not a box tied in whatsoever. Um, he is a true flex guy that is going to. I think you mentioned earlier about Jamarius Brown having a high ceiling. I think Connor is a guy who could really, we could turn around in a couple of years and he could be a starter and a guy that's competing for uh, maybe some all sec recognition down the road. Um, really good hands, some sneaky speed in there. Um, but a guy that I think playing high level football in the state of Alabama. Now he goes out to North Carolina to finish his high school career. Um, was once committed to Gus Malzahn and UCF. He committed, came into Oxford, hung out with John David Baker for a day or two, and then figured it was time to pull the trigger. So um, I think it's a big get just because of how athletic and just the size. And then again, you see the offer sheet. So he's obviously – a player that others hold in high regard as well,
2: definitely, and and one of those guys that plays well above his three star rating. Uh, the way I I again people come to me obviously because this is we're more dialed in than most, in, when it comes to recruiting, I had someone ask me about Javante Javante uh, Javante last week, and the way that I kind of put it or like pictured it is he's someone who as a three star likely you know typically would end up at maybe one of the other schools like a UCF or a App State or, you know, one of those other smaller schools um, and just dominates, like goes to UCF, goes to App State, goes to, um, I don't know, what else is on this list here, Coastal Carolina, uh, James Madison, whatever, ends up at one of those smaller schools and just absolutely skyrockets under the radar. One of those guys where, like, only college football heads know who he is, know how good he is, and then come the NFL draft, uh, obviously we're getting way ahead of ourselves here, but just in terms of analogy and painting a picture, come the NFL draft, it surprises everybody where this kid from, you know, UCF, App State, whatever, ends up as, like, a second-day pick in the second or third round because he's just – a guy that everybody wants in the NFL. Um, So the way that I kind of thought about it is Ole Miss actually got ahead of the transfer portal here, because if he had ended up, if he hadn't, if some of these big schools that we mentioned hadn't caught on to how good he is, he would have ended up transferring to a power five school down the road. Ole Miss kind of got ahead of that, knowing that his potential is there, knowing that he has time to develop because they have space at tight end right now, locked down for the next season or two. Um, and then on top of that, Javante, when he was back in Alabama, uh, was also just like a stupid athlete. He, I believe competed in all the jumps. So triple high and long jump. Um, uh, and then ran okay. the 400 meters. So if you have a guy who's just, you know, six, four, two, three running the 400 <laughs> and just jumping like stupid heights that's the kind of
3: athlete you want at tight end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, hell of a weekend for Ole Miss. Um, last thing before we take our final break and get into the mailbag and the final segment, I know people are clamoring about Aiden Williams and Caden Lee. Both were in town. Um, real quick on Aiden Williams, I, I, Ole Miss is the leader. My pick's in for Ole Miss. The last I heard was that he wanted to decide before senior season started. We'll see. He's got an official plan to Tennessee in September. He could still commit and either still go or just cancel and just be done. Um, Ole Miss is the leader. I-, I think he ends up at Ole Miss, whether he takes the official to Tennessee or not. It's, it's Ole Miss, Tennessee, and LSU. I think Ole Miss has a humongous lead. Uh, and then Caden Lee, as far as I know, he hasn't committed – Publicly, as we record this, I can double-check real quick. I don't think he has. I probably would he have heard about it by now. Um, if it's not today, tonight, tomorrow, I, I think he's picking Ole Miss. Um, my pick is in for him as well. Um, we'll save the in-depth talk about Caden Lee's game for when it happens. Dynamic receiver. I think he's a perfect prospect to bridge from – you know, the Elijah Moores, the Jalen Robinsons, and then you've got Caden Lee. I think they're all cut from the same cloth. So both look, the prospects for both look to be good to end up in Ole Miss's 2023 class. All right, final break, Then we're going to get into some mailbag questions and then close up shop here. So hang tight. We'll be right back podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis' leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner, Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home, Call Stacy and Rick Barry today They will lead you through the process from property assessment repairs staging and putting that sold sign in your yard both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures call them 901 481-6420 or 901-461-6421 after you have talked to the Barry home team you can talk to Saddle Creek title another proud sponsor of the show They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They're dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at saddlecreektitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McFord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They're your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around, give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110. And get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor,
0: State Farm is there. Listen to NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you.
3: Everybody in your crew
1: identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce,
3: that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
2: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
3: Ba And we are back here on Not Committed. Final segment here. All right, Grayson, I asked for some questions regarding anything recruiting or pretty much anything. So we'll probably get a wide variety here. All right, pulling it up here. I haven't looked at these yet. First one you might be able to help out here with your connections out in LA. Um, N O rebel. I'm assuming that is new Orleans or maybe it's just no rebel, like all caps. Um, I'm assuming new Orleans. Um, They ask, I've seen the flip back and forth for Braxton Myers. Any update on that? I don't have an update. I know that everybody around Ole Miss feels confident. I know that several national guys, USC guys have flipped back to Southern Cal Um, I still think this is kind of one of those where there's smoke, there's fire. He had an, from what I was told an outstanding time in Oxford, they're still going to recruit him regardless. Um, my pick is still in, um, for him to flip. I don't know when it'll happen now. They were expecting it to possibly be imminent. Um, but they're still going to recruit him until he signs. So if he doesn't flip, um, anytime soon, I, I, whether it's December or February, they're still going to recruit him.
2: Yeah. So from what I heard actually out in LA, and I was talking to somebody recently about Braxton specifically, is that it went from, you know, obviously it was a hard commit to USC and then things swung really fast over the last couple of weeks where it was, okay, this commitment to Ole Miss, this flip to Ole Miss is coming any day uh, to now it's kind of, let's wait and see what plays out um mm-hmm. the people in la are i wouldn't say confident um that he's going to stay with the trojans i would actually say that they're very hesitant that he is likely to flip um but i think and I, and i don't want to like speak on braxton's behalf here um from from what i understand a large part of the reason that the pendulum might be swinging a little bit back towards USC is I think that there uh, could be some, some NIL opportunities that Braxton is really excited about. Um, but with that being said, everybody that I've talked to about Braxton in LA um, and the person I talked to literally yesterday uh, is fairly confident that Ole Miss, if they keep on him the way that they are right now. And we've talked about this, time and time again uh, with Lane Kevin just being persistent and almost to the point that he's annoying. Um, that's a great thing in recruiting. And yeah. Braxton really values that. And he likes the fact that even though he is committed to USC, um, he has a lot of offers from a lot of different places. People are really excited about him. All of those schools after he committed kind of backed off. Ole Miss actually pushed the gas even harder um uh, and so the people out in LA think that while things could very well stay the same and opportunities to be a you know star in Los Angeles and have all of those kind of Hollywood opportunities might entice him um they they think that Braxton and I, from what i understand too is that Braxton is really primarily focused on football as is the case with all recruits right that's what you're supposed to say um especially in today's day and age but the, the focus is primarily on football and they think he thinks that almost could give him really good opportunity to step in um sooner yeah. than later in a better conference in terms of defense
3: yeah i i mentioned it on um rebelio hotline on monday you can uh find that um I retweeted the uh, the link to it when I was having my discussion with with Chuck about it. Um, his personal trainer actually trained Sam Carter, Ole cornerbacks coach, when he was oh, in high school. Um, so there's a connection there. And then also, obviously, the um, huge presence in Texas that the staff has. Uh, they're they're going to continue to recruit him. He also likes the idea of the three two six that that yep. Ole Miss runs, and they play a lot of DBs. He he likes that to where you can get on the field a lot have an opportunity to get on the field a lot and, and early. So they're going to, they're going to stay on him. So it's going to be one to keep an eye on for sure. All right. Next Hottie toddy one zero one five. Out of the new commits this past weekend, who has a chance to make contributions the earliest. Um, we'll just do rapid fire here. I'm going to say Neo Avery just because the, the frame and the versatility and just the overall talent. I think he has a chance to make an impact early, especially if Cedric Johnson has a big year and he leaves. Um, not that he's going to be a starter as a true freshman, but I think he will be in the mix for sure. Who you got?
2: I was going to say the same thing. I'm really okay. high on Leon Avery. We talked about him a couple, God, I mean, probably a couple of months ago now. Uh, we were talking about Neo and we went into depth there. I, I think he's just a freaking awesome talent and that he's probably the best player in this class um, uh, just kind of in terms of his athleticism, so I would say Neo too.
3: And then a uh, it was a two parter. Uh, besides Jonathan Mingo, if he can figure things out, which wide receiver do you expect has the potential to be a game changer this year, if any? Um, they're saying like an Elijah Moore, AJ Treadwell type game changer, which is ooh big shoes there. Um, I'll give you two. I think Jalen Robinson the obvious one. Um because of the mold that he's in. I'll give you another one that I think is sneaky. I I do think Braylon Brown is going to surprise a lot of people. I think people expected him to break out last year. He had the nagging injury. I think that that guy is going to be someone that people have kind of forgotten about that's going to really pop up, make some big catches. Um, Kind of in that Vince Sanders mold, just a guy that just makes those big catches, always finds a way to get open those big third and nine catches that you need to move the sticks. I think uh, Braylon Brown for me.
2: <laughs> so I'm going to go first on the next one. Cause I used, I was going to say the exact two um, Jalen Robinson oh, wow. is the obvious one. He uh, like his training camp from the first two days of, of fall camp. We already know that he's going to be a significant part of this offense. Um, again, Braylon Brown seconded there. So then I'll go with somebody else. Um, I'm going to throw out. Well, I think Malik Heath could be interesting one. Um, I think Jalen Knox could be interesting too. People forgot about him after, you know, the year off. But then I, Dennis Jackson is just so ridiculously fast. Um, I, I don't yeah know of any plans to like use him in a super versatile offensive role. Um, I'll have to maybe keep an eye on that now that I'm speaking it into existence here. But Dennis Jackson is so stupid fast that I think it could be really fun to, to get him involved in perhaps some yeah. like – sweeps or pitches or rpos or you know random different things and use them in a lot of different ways he has a just insane speed so that could be a fun one to watch but i was going to say braylon brown and Jalen Robinson too
3: yeah people forget i mean tennessee had a really good secondary last year danis jackson just flat out ran by everyone everybody um so all right we're, we're short on time lane saying clown posse which is a great username Um, username. they're asking how different is covering recruiting with the portal now involved compared to high school only that we we can talk about that remind me next week we'll we'll cover that one because that's a great question um and i do love the addition of the portal i think it makes it more fun and there's just more more nuance and it's a lot deeper of a thing to cover now but this is a good one also if you both were athletes on campus what oxford spot past or present would you want a mini NIL deal with? Back in the days, the old coop would have been mine, even if it took ten hours for food to be delivered. Shout out to the coop. Um, all right, so I'll let you go first. Who would you, uh, who would you strike up an NIL deal with?
2: Oh God. Um, see, I, I would want to say one on the bars, just because that that's where I think I spent most of my time outside of my house and campus. But I want to think of something weird and different. Uh, <laughs> shoot, I'm totally stalling here. Um, if you've got one, go ahead. I, I'm I'm okay. going That's a great question that I really want to give the the time of day.
3: Um, so I'll go pat. I'll go present and past. So present, I'm gonna go LBS. Nice, can't go wrong. I just everything they do is great. Greg has been good to me, good to us, good yes, to everything has. we've done over the years. The product he puts out is outstanding every single day, every single week, every single month, every single year. If you if you don't know about LBs or you don't go to LBs, first of all, go there and get a. Uh, I, I actually I haven't confirmed this with Greg, so maybe uh, hopefully he still does it. I, I do hope for for the sake of the listeners to go and try it, and for the sake of me when next time I'm in Oxford, uh, the lunch plates were phenomenal. Um, but just the, the cuts of meat are, are outstanding. The, I mean, this is Greg's a guy that takes it very, very serious. Like this is his, this is his livelihood. This is his career. This is his business. The way the level of seriousness that he takes to make sure his product is as good as it can be is what I respect the most about what he does. Um, I, everything, I mean, I have tried so many different cuts, so many different um, recipes, just variations of things that I never thought that I would like. And everything he does is great. I, that's a no brainer for me. Um, past I'm going Delhi news. Um, oh, I tore that place up like three summers in a row when I was there for summer school. Um, just phenomenal. I, I, I mean, it's, you know, RIP, it's no longer there, but, I thought that the raging Cajun was one of my favorite meals that I've ever had when I was in college, and then I, people that that went there can probably attest to this. They'll they'll be you know fist pumping to their radio or to their headphones as they listen to this. Their homemade pasta salad with the pepper jack cubes with the with the olive oil drizzled just unreal how good it was. I mean, it was phenomenal food. The owners were phenomenal people, and just the bargain—I mean, you could get all of that, a drink, free refills for ten bucks. I mean, just a—we we talked about sandwiches at the start of the show. And now we're ending on sandwiches. I, I thought that it was just an incredible, incredible sandwich shop, and I'm I'm still to this day saddened that it's gone.
2: Yeah, that was, that's a good one. Um, so now that I've had time to think about it. I'm going to give a threefold answer, but I'm going to preface it. Not preface, but I'm going to start by saying, for those of y'all listening at home, tag us on Twitter, at GsunJWG is easy for me to say, and at Zach underscore Barry. I want to know the answer to, 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 like, for everybody. Like, what, what, what NIL do you, would you want to sign? I'm curious to know. How do you feel about the sandwich ratings? Because that's important to me too. Yes. Um, so for my answer here, the the since we're doing past and present, if we, if I had known we were doing past, the answer would have been easy right away. It would have been Six and Tubs, one thousand percent. Six and Tubs. Yeah. It was the best pizza in Oxford, um, perhaps even the best pizza, like in a non-major city in the south. Um, I would go so far as to say that I love Six and Tubs. May it forever wow. rest in peace.
3: Um, coming from a Connecticut guy.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely it doesn't it doesn't stand up to the New York slice. It doesn't stand up to five points here in Nashville. It's, but it's not it's not a beat, but it's so good. Uh, so I would have said six and tubs in the past, but with present, I'm gonna go twofold here. St. Leo, I think I was thinking about a yeah. bar, but I didn't want to be basic and do roosters
3: or very bougie bar. of you. That
2: I'm gonna go St. Leo. Um, really, really
3: going out on a limb, picking a James Beard winner there, Gracie.
2: Yeah, but the, here's here's the <laughs> other one the graduate i'd love to do a commercial oh my guy coop uh i'd, I'd love to love the to so, do... sore subject
3: right now but a good guy good people
2: what well, sore subject what i miss <laughs> oh no
3: what oh i, oh, I, oh, I just meant arch oh, oh oh okay okay yeah no i love coop. i mean i mean we don't care but other people that are listening probably are still Yes,
2: angry, that's true. But... There's probably people throwing their phones and punching their dash dashboards right now. How could you partner with Cooper Manning when his own son won't go to his alma mater? <laughs> um, but no, I'm definitely the graduate. I think that would be fun to partner up yeah. with Cooper um, and
3: the uh but wait, the the rooftop bar is called the Coop, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, great bar. Um the Froze. Look, say Excellent. what you want. <laughs> the Froze <laughs> is phenomenal. Um. All right, good good answers there. All right. Um. So Gotham reb eighteen. Two questions of all the current twenty three commits. Who do you think can make the biggest impact day one? And then what upcoming MCU show film are you looking forward to the most? Um. They say easily Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um. I'm just gonna go ahead and follow up right there. I so so excited for. Wakanda forever um really intrigued by the teaser trailer um but which by the way I don't know who did it but the the transition from Bob Marley no woman no cry into Kendrick Lamar was just made the trailer even better than it was with with all the clips of the movie I'm excited for that one um looking at um I, I know I I there are a lot of people that are probably trying to fast forward here but brandon davis um no this is what the people come for <laughs> the host and producer of phase 0 um he is like the guy when it comes to mcu comic con stuff um they were doing a breakdown of the the next phase um which i phase 5 uh, i cannot remember what it's called um cuz the um the Russos like to name all their phases. Um, they were doing a hype rank for what they saw at Comic Con and what's coming out. Um, I don't know. The I've loved the Ant Man and the Wasp franchise, so Quantum Mania is up there for me. Loki season two, if you want to talk about TV, I'm, Loki season one was phenomenal. Um, I, this whole phase is pretty intriguing, though. You got the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Um the Marvels. I'm really intrigued by Agatha Coven of Chaos. Um, she was great. And uh WandaVision, um, Echoes, a spin-off from Hawkeye. I'm excited for that one. So there's a lot of good stuff. But yeah, I'm probably gonna go Black Panther. Um, but for the first question, I-, I think he's forgotten um because he was the first commit in the 23 class, but maybe not forgotten because of the the recent, you know, flip potential to Alabama. I, I think. So Terry Perkins is is going to be a guy that that does something day one. Uh, he's just too good an athlete. He is a multifaceted linebacker that I think can do a lot. Uh, I think Ole Miss holds on to him. I do not think he will sign anywhere else. I think that's a guy that is going to be on the field day one in the 2023 season.
2: Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Uh, I'm gonna stick with Neo Avery. I, I like I really can't say enough about this guy. If you like if think about you, think about don't... that
3: linebacker room with those two. Yeah, seriously.
2: And if you haven't watched his film, those who are listening, y'all go do so right now. Uh Neo Avery is just like so much fun one to watch. I mean, he's one of those guys where <laughs> actually this is good 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 uh time to throw this in there. He's got that dog in him um yeah and then for the marvel i'm not a marvel guy well actually i take that back I, i'm not not a marvel guy i just don't really watch movies or tv because i typically cool. find myself watching like way too many sports so i don't really i'm not very cultured in that but i i will say the guardians of the galaxy ride at disney um is one of my favorites so <laughs> I, I will say guardian galaxy volume three
3: okay all right um all right let's pick up the pace here uh dude Talking about you don't watch television. This is one you need to watch. Rambling Rebel asked if we've seen the show The Bear. Yes, I've seen it twice. I actually have, so I I, I can speak okay, to this good. one. Good, um, best he Rambling Rebel thinks is best new show of twenty twenty two. If so, what are your thoughts? And if you had to pick your favorite character, who would it be? He said Cousin Richie. Um, yes, seeing the show. It's outstanding. And as someone who worked in a restaurant, it is one thousand percent true. That's how it is. Yep. Um, I would say best new show, I, phenomenal show. I also would like to point out, um, Severance is up there for me. I said that Severance season one was the best season one of television I've ever seen. The Bear is right there with it. So Severance and the Bear. If you if you haven't seen either of those two, you need to watch them asap. Favorite character, I'm gonna have to go Marcus. His character arc and how dedicated and intrigued and just everything about his character and how he wanted to master cakes and donuts. And just like, he was so serious and like his little nook in the kitchen with the pictures put up. Like I thought that that character was so cool. And I, I, his name is escaping me. Um, but that actor played it so perfectly. And like that dude. episode seven, the one shot of when everything just goes to hell, yeah. Was was so so good. And then just these you know, when Jeremy Allen White's character goes up and grabs the donut off the floor and like tastes it and then just like smiles. Like that was just so cool. Um Lionel Boyce is the guy who plays Mar- uh Marcus um fucking hats off to Lionel. That was yeah, he was my favorite character. Um for me which which and not to cut you off which is saying something because maddie matheson is in this show and i love maddie matheson
2: i was about to say maddie matheson he Um, he
3: was so he's so good he was a great actor he's
2: hilarious he's a very interesting guy um but yeah for those who are listening still and have not seen the bear as someone who does not really watch all that much tv i kind of only watch tv from about april to now um tonight obviously with the hall of fame game going on it's kind of the end of my run on television for the year now full (laughs) football season we're all in on on every night of the week uh the bears awesome i I think it's really awesome and if you've worked in a kitchen especially you can you can totally relate to it from top to bottom
3: all right we'll speed things up here as we got to get out of here um so excess ain't rebellion is asking for a confidence level on Sun uh Sunterian Perkins. Um on they're asking over under Ole Miss 85%. Um I'm I'm going over. I think he signs with Ole Miss.
2: I'm I'm gonna just totally cop out here and I'm gonna say exactly that. I'm gonna say exactly okay. 85. Yeah,
3: fair. Um they're asking about uh Quivaris Crouch, um former Tennessee linebacker now at Michigan State. He's still in the portal. They're asking if there's any chance they're slow playing him to see how Austin Key's knee does in fall camp. Um, they allude to Jordan Rhodes committed super late. Um, I haven't heard much about him in a while. Uh, I still don't – I was trying to actually figure this out the other day. Uh, he was posting some stuff on Instagram where he was wearing Michigan State stuff, which could mean absolutely nothing. I, I don't know his situation, so I have no answer there. Sorry.
2: Yeah, Um. I – to me, it seems like a situation where he's really not in any rush to go anywhere. Um, yeah. And the only thing that I can speak to is, it feels to me like, I mean, nobody really knows where he stands, actually. Um, I was literally looking at this yesterday, too. It's funny that this came up. Um, doesn't seem like anyone really has any idea where he's going to end up. If Maybe he stays at Michigan State for just his final year. Um, but yeah. regardless I, I feel like the relationship with Ole Miss from at least where I stand and I really don't stand particularly close here it was kind of more of just like a text being like yo like are you interested at all and he was like yeah and then maybe he put his focus elsewhere um, but again don't have an answer either
3: yeah they Nobody did bring seen, him in. Uh, they brought him in for a visit. So they're obviously interested, but we'll see yeah. what happens with him. Um, all right. Last couple ones here, uh, rebel rabble is asking, is there going to be a phase two of recruiting now that high school guys will sign elsewhere, go somewhere, maybe not play enough, maybe not like it and then get in the portal. Um, they're referring to guys like Deion Smith, Jaheem Otis, Arch Manning, et cetera. Um, Asking, you know, do we think staffs are not going to close the book on guys even though they enroll elsewhere? Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, Deion Smith was going to be at Ole Miss if he made the grades. Um, They mentioned Jaheim Otis. I think Jaheim Otis is going to play a lot at Alabama, and he's going to stay there. (laughs) The guy's already lost, like, 150 pounds. Yeah. Um, uh, Just, yeah, he's going to – Talking about how Potbelly is – steroid era Barry Bonds um yeah Jaheim Otis is going to be like Terrence Cody on HGH um
2: Jaheim Otis is going to be so good he's going to stay in Alabama monster. and he's going to be a first or second round <laughs> pick like yeah he, he is so good I think if I'm not mistaken he got to uh Alabama in January of 416 pounds which is a very very huge yeah. dude and he's already down to 311. So,
3: yeah. Oh God. Just. Um, yeah. There's absolutely. Going to be a face All right. Um. Womp Rat is asking if we ever go to Bare Bones Butcher in Nashville. I have not. Have you been there?
2: I have not, but I know of it. Um. I have heard of it as I've... well.
3: I've yet to get there, but I Ooh. have heard people recommend it.
2: It's not super close to either of us. Um okay. I've heard I've heard I mean it's open the nations, so it's not like it's a okay. quick right. quick trip to go pick anything up or whatever. But um
3: gotta go check it out then.
2: Yeah, it's it's supposed to be awesome.
3: All right. Last one, uh powder blue reb asks, um asked for the yeah, it's a good one. Best Batman animated movie, favorite horror movie, and then to end it, does Olmus end the cycle with another quarterback or different quarterback? Um, he thinks that Marcel Reed's gonna be a steal in two or three years. um, as far as Batman animated, I'm trying to remember the one that I would watch all the time when I was younger, and I'm doing a Google search to see the um like the v h s cover because I knew that I would recognize it. Immediately, oh, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. So there you go. uh You probably don't have an answer here.
2: Um, so I I don't have or an answer with Batman. No. But you
3: said you weren't an MCU guy and Batman's DC, so maybe yeah. you're a DC guy.
2: No, I don't have an answer. Okay. I'm I'm not I'm not not a Marvel guy. <laughs> I'm not not a DC guy. Okay, guy. I all right, fair, fair. Don't have. I I okay. would rather watch Huddle Tape than. No. Okay, else,
3: but... that's why you're on this show. Uh, <laughs> for me, favorite horror movie. Um recently i'm not a big horror guy i'm I'm a huge wimp but we did go see hereditary in theaters and that scared the absolute shit out of me um i i don't know if you're a big um horror guy grayson but hereditary with tony collette um the uh aster is the director that dude i don't know how he sleeps at night uh maybe (laughs) i say it all the time maybe he's just built different um it's an a24 um film uh that's a a24 is uh independent company entertainment company um they make a lot of good like x x x x machina room uh the witch um they do some some pretty good stuff uh they did moonlight um they make good movies Uh, that movie was terrifying like it was one of those where like you knew some like really bad shit was about to happen and you still are freaked out when it happens um highly recommend i never saw um so ari aster did another one that was i heard was people were saying it was worse than hereditary is uh midsummer yeah and the way that I know that this is not for me was because people said that Midsummer, like basically the entire movie is filmed during the day and it was still scary shit. So I'm like, that's like my thing. It's like, I can watch a horror movie at like noon and like, I'll be like, okay. But like, if it's set in the evening or like stuff's happening at night, it's even more scary. Um, yeah, still haven't brought myself to watch Midsummer.
2: I haven't seen Midsummer either because I'm, I'm also, I, I'm actually like, the most anti-horror movie ever like i am just such a like i I don't understand why people subject themselves to a feeling that like (laughs) i don't enjoy i just straight up don't like being scared so why would i subject like i don't even rock with like the the (laughs) i I was a kid at disneyland and i like i don't even rock with uh what is it the haunted mansion like that's that's too scary for me but shout out shout out eddie uh, murphy with that being said um a Quiet Place is, like, one of my movie, favorite movies, like, ever, period.
3: That's um, a good one. That's that's, like, see, that's, like, really see, that's suspenseful. That's yeah, suspenseful. that's true. Okay, That's, that's different. Like, it can be scary, but it's not horror. That, like, that's the
2: like, extent of my scary movie.
3: Like, literally, Midsommar is car- is categorized by Wikipedia as folk horror film. Yeah, terrifying. That just sounds awful. Terrifying. Like, why would you... I like you? The Shining. Yeah, and that's, like, I guess horror, but, like that's deep like that's like a metaphor um yeah hereditary is a 2018 american supernatural psychological horror film which sounds just frightening
2: terrible no thanks i'll turn and
3: run the other way but tony collette was just outstanding in that movie and it was so good and like i hate scary stuff but like looking back on it it was such a good movie and The good thing to do is when you decide to embark on finding a partner in life and getting married is like you, when you hate horror films, you marry someone who actually likes them and then they torture you for your entire life. Cause that's what I did. That's terrifying. Yeah. Um, As far as the last question, do they get another, I don't think they're getting another quarterback. They like Marcel Reed. They like uh, like they, the Jane Rashad thing is, is over and done with. They were Wading into those waters until they weren't. They're just the, not bad. The staff likes Marcel Reed. They think that he can be more than capable of coming in and playing in the SEC, playing for Ole Miss. Um, and I agree. I think he will be a steal. I, I actually was talking to someone last week about quarterbacks, and they said that he like the the phrase they used was "absolute dude." So I'm I'm excited to get over to NBA and see him play this fall. And I think um, you know, he's a guy. You know probably could holler at G. Otis to get some of the poundage that he shedded and add some, <laughs> but, uh, that's, that's going to come. Um, but yeah, I don't think they're going to add another quarterback. Um, I, I think they like Marcel Reed and they think that he could be someone to come in and compete, um, right away when he gets to campus.
2: Yep. And there's no need to add another quarterback. The quarterback room is secured for the fall and next year at the very least. I mean, you already have a guy, even if one, yeah. whoever doesn't win the quarterback battle this year, whether that be Luke or, or Jackson, um, if they decide to transfer, you still have Luke or Jackson, whoever wins the job on campus. So there's no need to go get another quarterback, especially considering that they being the staff and you know people that have watched him play uh, are really excited about Marcel. And I'm excited to go watch him play to, this fall with you
3: yeah yeah i think that um I, I look he he's an on three consensus four star um for a reason uh we saw it in person at the elite 11 regional um the guy can really spin it he's a hell of an athlete um so yeah i think they're they're very happy with who they have right now so i don't think they're going to take him to the quarterback so all right I felt like we were gone for two weeks and we were we're back. We we did everything from sandwich rankings <laughs> yeah. to Marvel to recruiting. We 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 came back with a bang. We hit you right in the right in the right in the teeth with a good episode here. So um that concludes our Thursday edition of the show. We'll be back next week, regular schedule. Um, we should uh, we should be in a groove by then and we'll get we get these uh we we'll get these things churned out for you. Thank you to you, Grayson, as always, for being gracious with your time working around my hectic schedule. Thank you to you, the listener for putting up with all of our shenanigans and uh, thanks to the sponsors for make the show possible. Remember like subscribe, leave a review also hit us up on Twitter. Tell us your sandwich rankings. Tell us. Yeah. Let us your, know. Yeah. Tell us your answers to the questions that we answered. I'd love to hear about what NIL deal you'd want um, from a, it's a great uh, question, old, old establishment in Oxford. So that's gonna do it for Not Committed. We'll be back next Tuesday. Talk more on this recruiting. We'll probably sneak in some fall camp talk as it'll be a full week by then. We'll get some uh, get some stuff to chat about. So, Grayson, as always, I bid you adieu, have a good weekend, and uh, we'll talk next week. Indeed, we shall. All right, we out.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day.